Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the retro nostalgia podcast here on Boss Rush Network. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is Master Sensei himself, that retro code, Eddie V. I don't like that. I don't. Well, it's nope. it's, it's referencing the Ninja Turtles uh, hosty cakes, those pie cakes they had. Yeah, I remember them very well. It was basically like a ho ho with green icing instead of the white icing. It was even worse. That needs to come back. You, I love you pair you pair one of those those Hostess ooze cupcakes with the Ecto Cooler Ghostbusters Hawaiian yeah. Punch. You're yes. Just, uh, yes become one terrible human uh (laughs) anyways uh also joining us back again is the one and only tgri scientist (laughs) lamont reed hi lamont hey what are these i I, I love that i love that chris giving us different names i am yeah (laughs) i like that i am i gotta make it authentic to the (laughs) <laughs> to the you know uh, look at least you guys aren't wearing pantyhose for co- facial cover-ups okay like it's that's just... insane <laughs> okay. we will get into it yeah uh <laughs> so we're here to we're here for our second episode of ninja turtles ranking and review uh we are talking about secret of the ooze if you are just joining us you can go back and check out uh, TMNT 1990 uh, a few weeks ago we did that as of the time of this recording uh, or posting so yeah check that out check out our other content here on Standard Def we have an Indiana Jones uh, rewatch and review we're doing an MCU rewatch and review Disney animation and all kinds of other things uh, Ed and I are doing ranking Nintendo with Stephanie check those out uh, but this is the Ninja Turtles series for standard definition. Uh, if you like the show, please like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you listen on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, also, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash network. Uh, Patreon is a subscription service where you can support your favorite creators monthly uh, if you enjoy their work and you will be rewarded with some perks. Uh, our tier system has two tiers right now. The $1 tier where you get this show, Standard Definition, as well as Boss Rush After Dark uh, two weeks early and Expansion Pass and uh, the Boss Rush Podcast one week early. Uh, but if you subscribe at the $5 tier, you become a produ- uh, Patreon producer and you get a credit shout out in the show during this segment at our $5 tier. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to list off our Patreon producers. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Um, if this window would open, that'd be great. At the spinning wheel of death. It's okay. Uh, our Patreon producers for this episode. Uh, again, we are recording on July 8th. So if you subscribe after that, I'm sorry. We will get to you on one of the next episodes. Uh Standard Definition is a show we record in bulk, so uh, if we miss you this time, we will hopefully get to you on the next episode. But our Patreon producers for this episode are Quentin Jackson, Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, uh, my wife, Sana Dierig, and uh, Francisco Santilin. So I want to thank all of our 
Patreon producers uh, for supporting us. I want to thank all of our patrons. And I want to thank all of our free listeners as well. Remember, all of our content is free. We just provide some perks for our patrons. With that said, everybody, now that we got through that whole thing, Secret of the Ooze. How is How does everybody think Secret of the Ooze holds up these days? I love this movie. I, I, I seen the improvements that they made from the first movie I was, I was, with a better, with a bigger budget. I will say, um, I really enjoyed seeing this as a kid, uh, just like I, I enjoyed seeing the first one. Uh, I know this one is more comedic, in a sense. Uh, but like to see King, the actor who played Kino, and realizing who it was, uh. I was just like, oh my goodness! Like you just, you just the way Surf that ninjas. the when the, I... no, yeah. Well, he was he when I first realized when I went back and looked at uh, his filmography, he was the little kid in the Last Dragon, something yeah. that we mentioned yeah. in, yeah. and he, you know, he was into martial arts. And in fact, in the Last Dragon, he has a fight scene in the movie. Uh, so and then realizing like it's one I didn't... of my favorite scenes too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so realizing that he was in this movie because I had I didn't see him in a long time until like the uh, turtles and uh, surf ninjas. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, wow, yeah. Uh, and then what was the one with the rock, the runaway? I think or the rundown or something like that when he was in the jungle and he was in part of the clan. I don't know. The Rock's in so many movies these days. I just I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I I feel like I know this, but I can't get off the tip of my tongue. He he played as uh oh goodness yeah, but uh I'll I'll get to it. it uh, so Ernie Reyes Jr. Um, he is the actor uh, who plays Kino in this movie. Um, but he played along, uh, he fought against the rock and the rundown. That's what it was when they were, when they were in the jungle trying to, uh, with, um, it's the rock, Sean William Scott, Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson. They had to get this artifact to save the town. That's such an odd cast. Yeah. Uh, so, uh. Ernie Ways Jr., he started out the, uh, you know, the rock, which is like, didn't understand us, you know, so, you know, he had to show, uh, you know, his strength that, you know, and everything. So Ernie Ways Jr., he gets this rope, goes all the way up to the street, drops down, and starts fighting the rock that way. Uh, and then he was just a buff like a mug. Because you have, because we didn't see him after the, after Secret of Ooze uh, or anything. That's so, true. Uh, but yeah, this movie. You guys I, I, obviously didn't watch Surf Ninjas, where he used the Game Gear to. T- 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 I I see. Oh, Surf I forgot Ninja. about that. <laughs> I see Surf Ninjas. Oh my gosh, Surf Ninjas, Three Ninjas, and Ninja Turtles was such a three-year period of my life. Uh Anyways, uh, Lamont, what about you? How do you how do you feel about Secret of the Use? Oh, I, I, I loved it. Um, 
there's there's so many things I want to say about this movie. Uh, if I've had, I remember, I didn't even get the first. I don't I don't know, but for whatever reason, I don't know if maybe I've just been bad this whole time and I I wasn't even taken to the movies. <laughs> but I didn't get a chance to see the uh, movie in the movie theater. Um, I saw it when it it was first out in the uh, cassettes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, not cassettes, VHS uh, tapes. And um, I, I was pretty much blown away. I mean, of course, I love the action. Um, yeah, everything was pretty much toned down. It was more lighthearted. Um, I was, at first, I was upset because there was no Bebop and Rocksteady. I kind of wanted them in the first one. And, of course, they weren't in the second one. But then I was like, ah, okay, I like Tolkien Razor too, you know. And, um uh, I, I remember the trailer, the tra- when I first saw the trailer of, uh, was that Donatello or Raphael who flew on, who was thrown and flew in the sky and landed through a roof? Not in the, I, I know Raphael ended up in that concert, but the first I think it was Donatello. I don't. I don't know. I remember seeing that trailer uh, on TV and uh, uh, just just seeing the turtles dance and everything. I was like, oh, okay, well this this looks different. This looks funny. You know, of course I love the turtles, so definitely uh, definitely enjoyed this movie. And of course, it always makes me hungry seeing that opening scene we were talking about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're we're gonna get to that in a minute because I have so many issues with this opening scene. It's not even funny. It's so. Like I get it, but also it's so cringy to watch now. It's so just out of place. Um, so I rewatched it today. Um, I watched the first one and this one back to back, and they are two totally different styles of movies, right? I mean, like, yeah, Secret of the Ooze is a sequel. Yes, you know the turtles look similar although i think donatello got a new suit and i think raf looks a little bit different but uh yeah you know they they, uh they like it's it's a sequel obviously they recast april which we kind of talked about in the first one uh because uh uh the actress was really hard to work with i god i always i always forget her first name uh but yeah judy hogue uh was really hard to work with and she you know was kind of complaining about the violence in the six day shoots or whatever. And, you know, she wasn't asked back. And I mean, the, the, uh, actress in, uh, you know, Paige Turco was, uh, played April in this movie and the next movie. She, I mean, she does a decent job. She's not like terrible, but she definitely doesn't have the personality of April from the first one. You know, she Mm -hmm. definitely kind of feels more of like a, side character in this movie i think they focus a lot more on kino and the turtles and obviously the return of of shredder and and obviously uh the scientist right uh so i mean it uh you know dave warner played uh the professor which donatello kind of has a oh he's kind of warming up to him it's like a i guess like a mentor type character Um, yeah so 
yeah, it, it's just uh, this movie is definitely really different. Toka and Rezar are kind of silly villains, right? They're <laughs> inf- infant mutants, so they kind of have that built-in, st- not to sound mean or anything, but that built-in <laughs> st- stupidity, right, where they just don't understand anything because they're infants, uh, but they're super strong and super, uh, you know. They're, they're babies! Yeah. Mama, I do want to say, Mama, yeah, yeah, Uh, you know, and in this movie, like, it's they're just two different styles of movies, which is fine, right? I mean, Turtles was at the height of popularity in 1991 when this came out, right? Like, there was what four or five seasons of the cartoon at this point. Uh, They fast tracked the sequel. Uh, Obviously, it was. picked up by um who distributed this i had it i had it brought up and now i lost it uh you know golden harvest was still the production company but it uh new line picked it up as like a main kind of film for them uh so yeah they doubled the they instantly doubled the budget which honestly i don't see except for the fact that you are just paying people to return and you're giving them more money i guess uh, so the budget was uh, about $25 million. Uh Box office, I wonder if this was just domestic because it seems really low compared to uh, the first movie. Uh, it's a $78.7 million, which the first one had over $200 million at the box office. I wonder mm-hmm. if this was just domestic. Uh, it doesn't give any other numbers here for some reason. Uh, it's this this movie, I th- I think the plot is cool. I like exploring the turtles' origins without it being an origin story, right? Because we yeah. kind of got we kind of got the origin story and in, in Splinter's kind of monologue and or dialogue with April in the first movie, right? Like the, obviously they were trapped in the ooze and Splinter became more human like because he, you know, was uh, um, uh Mato Yoshi's uh kind of pet you know and kind of you know that's kind of explained in the cartoons too although it's kind of different uh and then the turtles you know trained under him and this is kind of exploring the ooze and how it works and obviously tgri is is a major influence in this story as well with them trying to clean up their mess which obviously in the 90s saving the planet was like this huge (laughs) huge thing you know Mm -hmm. and and it kind of shows them kind of messing up and trying to clean up their mess. The dandelions. Uh, <laughs> God, I, I hate that guy. I don't I hate. <laughs> I hate that guy. Oh, yeah. uh, don't dandelions when they, when he took it off, it sounded like, is that celery stick? I'm yeah. Like, what the yeah. It looked like some paper mache art class project is what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean the the whole movie is is TGRI kind of cleaning up their mess, and the last canister of ooze is stolen from by you know Tatsu and the Foot Clan, and Shredder comes back after being crushed by the dump truck, which we really didn't touch on in that last episode, which maybe we should have, but it's fine. We yeah, we talked yeah. about Splinter yeah. throwing him off the roof, uh, but the you know Shredder comes back, his helmet is more. 
I would say it's more scary and more cartoonish at the same time, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, it has all these blades on it, which looks scary at first. But then when he puts it on, it just looks so cartoonishly silly. And then later, obviously, when he becomes Super Shredder is, like, the ultimate cartoony, right? Like, he's just, uh And I was like, his suit is more, like, purple. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why they went that route. I, I don't know. Um, Probably because he's purple in the cartoon, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It was where like you come back, then I, I don't know. I, I'm a fan of, <laughs> you know, continuing where you left off. Yeah, I mean, you had a black suit, <laughs> you fell in the dumpster, and you come out with per. I don't know. That's just, I, I got lots of things to say about this movie, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I guess bef- I guess before we like really dive into this movie, let's talk about the opening scene real quick with the pizza. It's, <laughs> this this is a scene that kind of bothers all three of us, I think, in a sense. Like this this is literally the cold open. Well, of the movie. yeah. Well, I mean, in the first movie, right? You have the rep- April's report, and they're it's like a really serious kind of setting up New York as a character in a sense, and like really the to- sets the tone for the movie right the foot soldiers are stealing stuff these teenagers are stealing stuff for the foot clan uh foot clan's mysterious they're sneaky the old lady's yelling off the roof like that's you know but in this movie they they set the tone right away with all these stupid people eating pizza <laughs> were people really that mad that people were eating dominoes in the first movie in new york city like look i get it new york pizza's excellent it has ruined ninety percent of other pizza for me. But Domino's is great garbage pizza. Okay, everybody, it's not like well, it was the nineties. I know. But, but, Plus, but, like product you, placement, and it, everybody needed it, their coupons and the VHS tapes. And, and you kind of got to think about the turtles themselves. They were a big thing, and you know, after the first movie, they kind of became recognizable because of. You know, April's reporting. So, definitely with Pisa, if we're going to represent Pisa and actually talk about New York, we need to make sure that we get people who are uh, coming to watch this movie and know about Pisa, kind of watch this us having these people eat uh, New York pizza. And, you know, the big thin slice. It's a tradition. It's something. Now, <laughs> when we get to the point of a romantic couple, Oh, you gosh, know, they're together. The worst. <laughs> it's, not just a, it's not just a romantic couple. This dude's wearing like a b- black tie affair type suit. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's wearing like this very 90s, like with the shoulder pads, yeah. like the sparkly pink dress thing. And they're drinking wine, first of all. Uh, you know, <laughs> leaning up against some nasty like bridge wall in New York City, drinking wine, and all of a sudden, their hand comes out from camera scene, and they're eating With two big slices of pizza. This <laughs> is literally nonsense. Like, what the world is this crazy? And you, you just think that. Wait a minute. Okay, I understand everybody's eating pizza, but even in a romantic setting, they're eating. Who drinks wine and eats pizza together? <laughs> sounds like my idea of a date, to be honest with you. But, That's just me. <laughs> but you spend all this good money on some good wine. 
And then we're gonna spend five dollars together to get they, some stuff. They spent they spent all their money on this wine and in, in these outfits, <laughs> and then they couldn't afford dinner, so they got dollar slices from Roy's or I, Joe's I, or whatever. And the, and the bad thing about this, they was into it too. It was just like, wait a minute. What if y'all had to be upset to be like, oh, you know, you took me out on this great date. We're doing fine. You know, I think we're going to get some fine dining done because we got the, you know, we got the wine. Who sells wine in uh, big slices of New York pizza in New York? Like, can I get a 24 inch and also get some Chardonnay on the side? Wait, to be, what? to be fair, to be fair, New York does sell it by the slice, and it's usually like a dollar or two dollars a slice. And they they very you very rarely see people like it's like it's like a hot dog stand. Like every corner has a pizza place, oh, yeah. and you just yeah. walk in and say, "I want a slice of cheese or a slice of pepperoni or supreme." Right? They usually only have like three or four choices, and they slide it out to you, and you leave. Like that's. That's how it is, and you know, I didn't know that until we went. My wife took me for the first time while we were still dating, and oh my gosh! By the way, New York pizza is the best pizza. It has literally ruined all other pizza for me. Like it's it's the changed the way I, I I don't like deep dish pizza. He hasn't had true Chicago pizza. He thinks deep dish is Chicago, but there's mm. more to it. You know, Ed. You know what? Anyways, <laughs> Corey, we have we still have a dinner day at the taco place, so <laughs> I uh yeah um yeah, and then like you see all these other people eating pizza, like the cops, like Lamont, you brought this up, the cops that arrested oh, the guy gosh. and they're just eating pizza, and the guy's like not eating any because he's the bad guy, I guess. Uh, the yeah, taxi driver pushed me the most, and it's just like. Okay, we caught you, so we were gonna go ahead and take our break and eat pizza right in front of you. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't understand that part. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like then like you finally get to the scene where you know Kino is is picking up his delivery to you know take to April because well, that O'Neill lady, she's ordered another another three pies she should order at wholesale. Like uh, you know, it's <laughs> I like Kino though. I think he's a great addition to this cast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's awesome, and I I know uh, the actor got really sick like a few years ago. He did, like really sick, like almost deathly ill. Um, I think it was kidney disease or kidney failure, something like that. Something like he's, that. Yeah, he's doing good now. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know. Obviously, then it leads into the scene that we kind of made fun of at the top of the show with the every, all the crooks wearing you know pantyhose over their head. Like, God, what a cartoon villain! Like r- robbery that is, you know. Oh my gosh! Uh, but uh, I mean, what do we think about this first kind of big fight scene to open the movie? Okay, so I was wondering, okay, so, you know, Kino steps in and they're, you know, all of the stops. And then when the turtle come, the turtles come, you see them coming in the back down, down the stairs. And yeah. then they jump. 
And I was kind of wondering, I'm like, like 30 oh, feet wait. in the air to get this cool yeah. like freeze frame I, shot. Yeah. And the thing about it is just like, wait a minute. There was still a wall where the stairs are at that y'all jumped from. And the y'all ceiling. hit the wall. <laughs> yeah. And then like the ceiling is not that high. You can see the ceiling no. in the shot. Exactly. And then like, it's like they, they were like, oh, we're in a mall. Where are the closest stairs? Well, let's get this cool jump shot for the opening of the scene, and then you go back down into the like the food court, and it's like, oh my god! All right, it is just it's so it's wacky, and we and I understand what they're what they're going for with this, but I was just like, oh, what? Like, yes, the freeze frame to um, the showcase. Hey, the ninja the ninja turtles are back. Cool, yeah. that's fine. It didn't just all this wackiness, like. Definitely with Donatello coming in, uh, uh, you know, we're being chased because they was like they were being chased by the enemies, knowing that you know, okay, we're gonna play around with them. Uh, and then it it comes like very Scooby Doo ish, yeah, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and I mean, Donatello- this this okay. whole like the whole first like fifteen minutes is really just it just. Like we said, it just sets the tone to make to make sure that all the moms out there know that this is a different movie than the first one, and it feels like a a course correction. Like it, they over course corrected a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Oh gosh, yes, uh, yeah, and, and that's what we were talking on the first movie about the weapons. Yeah, they definitely didn't use their weapons on this. And not, what were those two sticks Leonardo had? Because he didn't even. They're the one like, time he pulled his bla- his katana blades, he throws it on the ceiling. I'm just like, what kind of mess is that? Why would he? I I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Oh yeah, where he pokes <laughs> like he uses them in the ceiling to like kick them, like he yeah. to get like a higher <laughs> vantage point to kick like them, like it's a, like an acrobat. Yeah, kind and of, then like yeah. you know Donatello is using that dumb wobbly clown to like yeah. fake out. The- yeah. Yeah, yeah, th- that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's just yeah. like it's literally Scooby Dooish because the because the the he he sees Donatello sees the clown movie and she's like, yeah, I got an idea. It switches spots and you get the shot where the man is running after him, coming around the corner and runs past Donatello and then comes back and then questions to be like, what what is, yeah. is what's this with you? <laughs> and then he pushes Donatello. Donatello comes back and points him, and he's just like, the dude pushes him again. Donatello points him again, and then lift him up, and then starts chasing him. And it's just like, yeah. okay, this like, is a little wow. too much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, it's Raphael or it's Michelangelo that's beating him with the, being one of them, with the uh, little kind of bat thing that's plastic. I think it's Donatello, because Michelangelo uses the sausages. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, 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 that's right, it was, uh, Donatello, yeah. um, yeah, um, <laughs> so and, yeah, and, 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 like, you notice, like, when, as soon as the turtles appeared, the thieves, two of them bumping to each other, yeah, I'm just like, come on, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, get it, you guys are dumb, <laughs> right, and I think I read somewhere where, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, they were not fans of this version of the. They were not fans of this movie. 
Yeah. Well, they weren't involved in this. They weren't like, cause in the first movie they were like really involved in it. Yeah. And this one, this, I mean, this one they weren't involved, but this was also at a time where they were starting to like, not want to work with each other also. Yeah. And that's, you that's know, true. Between, yeah, between that and like a big studio taking over Ninja Turtles and them not being involved, it really, it really shows, right? It just yeah. And I think it is kind of like uh, producers influence. Like they had to get things right, so when they sent it to the uh, MPAA for the ratings and stuff, that you know they actually get this G. Um, and they meet those parents' requirements so they wouldn't be displeased because definitely it's still a business. Yeah. And if they continue to do what they were going to do, they may, may have got a PG-13, which might have hindered parents bringing their kids to this mm-hmm. movie to yeah. go see it. So they had to literally play everything up um, mm-hmm. and, and it's the... Um, yeah. But I, I think I think it the intro kind of sets up the movie, um, the tone of the movie that it's going to have comedic, but it's mm-hmm. also going to have that ninja presence that you guys enjoy from the first movie. Yeah, and I I think I think that opening scene too, like this whole opening kind of I maybe like ten or fifteen minutes is like, I think it's definitely the silliest part of the movie, right? I mean, the rest of the movie mm-hmm. kind of feels more of a lighthearted version of the first movie right like it's it's not yes. it's not as dark but it has the same type of like okay the turtles have their personalities and uh shredder's still kind of scary and they're still hiding and uh i de- i don't think it feels as grounded as the first movie but like it's still it still feels like it a sequel you know it still feels like a sequel uh this opening was definitely the silliest part um <laughs> aside from like the dance club scene, which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, and definitely with April coming home to her department, and because the turtles are living with her, mm-hmm. and she's able to go around and be like Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, mm-hmm. and Leonardo, and Splinter's upstairs at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, talking yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, I mean, a- April like we said at the beginning she i feel like she has less of a part to play in this movie but she does introduce uh the professor which is a uh pretty big uh part of this movie uh professor perry uh played by david warner um he works for tgri and obviously this is where the story kind of centers around him and the ooze canisters and uh I would actually say the next kind of big scene is the turtles kind of going into the lab to find the last canister of ooze and they are fighting the foot clan there. Right. And they're like throwing the ooze like a football and you know, it's like a back and forth silly kind of, you know, thing and they don't use their weapons in there either. Right. I think, I think Donatello is the only one that uses his weapon in this, in this scene. And I think he's like, he trips someone. Yeah. Uh, uh, I noticed Donatello has the most acrobatic moves in the entire movie. Yeah. Which is a big change from the first movie, right? Because we yeah. kind of mentioned that Donatello kind of felt like he was the turtle that got lost in the in the shuffle. You know, I mean, not that he didn't have any parts to play, but like 
every all the turtles kind of had their moments and obviously i think the story kind of revolves a lot more around raf than anybody mm-hmm. uh but yeah donatello definitely has a bigger role to play in this movie uh and he like i said earlier like he has a really good relationship and a fondness for professor perry you know and i i really like their relationship in this movie uh especially when they're in the tra- like in the train station and trying to make the you know the formula to kind of eliminate the mutation from toka and razor like that's a cool moment and they'd like drop the <laughs> drop the pizza in there which is really funny <laughs> um, and then they oh, make yeah. them into donuts for Our some reason glass. yeah we put the... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh so yeah what do, i mean what do you guys think of of the professor and like that whole scene where he starts to become kidnapped and uh the dandelion obviously is a big joke and uh you know the professor being kidnapped and the turtles kind of going to get the last canister of ooze well you know i thought they were with the doc it's just like or the professor was master stock you know he had the look and he had somewhat the voice mm-hmm. playing it so i thought that he was going to turn this to the fly Mm. Uh, for Baxter Stockman, but no, they had different plans. So I think what they did with this one, they were trying to still go original with different characters. Um, with yeah. this one, um, the the dandelion one, it was just like okay, they were. It, it looks like they they were building something in that area, uh, or they were doing some kind of research, mm-hmm. and they kind of seemed like why these dandelions are so big and so when the one news reporter like looks out uh or helper i should say goes in and cracks it and he brings it back mm-hmm. and then we see shredder come back it was just like oh you didn't know that the that was going to be the twist that the guy was actually working for the foot thing. right yeah he's like the guy you know? on the inside yeah uh, he seemed so proud when he gave Shredder that dandelion. He just sat there like, "Yeah, I did something right today." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, when Sh- when Shredder returns, like they're like, "It's him." <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, it's him." Because <laughs> you think that Tatsu is now the leader, right. and you thought that Shredder would be gone because. Like, how do you escape falling off a building into a garbage can and then crushed by Casey Jones? And yeah. Casey Jones like, whoo do 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 switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he survives that. Yeah. So. Yeah. That scene is definitely very, uh, like, when the, when he's in the junkyard or whatever and you just see his hand come out through the, the trash. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, you're not even gonna go like try to take a shower or anything. You're just gonna walk in with your nasty u- costume and your crushed. I know. Even helmet. before, even even after that, how was you able to find a Foot Clan somewhere in a junkyard? Well, that was their fallback plan. There's a line in the movie that yeah. that explains oh, yeah, that. Yeah. They, it. Like the the junkyard was their their backup plan in case they were discovered in the warehouse. 
how I wonder how far it was from from there because it looked like they were by uh, a bridge. Because mm-hmm. when they started doing the uh, auditions, yeah. which was the most outstanding yeah. thing on another insane part of the movie, they were like the fuck they just doing the di- auditions I know. to get in. I know, and they were like they were just standing out in the middle of like the city, like. Yeah. You know, they were like, what'd they say? Everybody needs to dress up like the Fonz. <laughs> uh, you know, or, you know, like, get your favorite kiss jacket. Uh, and, and you can, you know, stand here with us and maybe we'll let you into the organization. <laughs> like, uh, oh my God, it's just so bad. Like, it's just, and then like, hey, was pork... um, Joey Lawrence? I don't, was it? That- I, I don't know. It looked like him. I, I thought it was, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, and then, like, poor Kino is just standing there between, like, first of all, there's this redheaded guy with a goatee that definitely looks like uh, the hacker from the first Matrix movie when they're like when they mm-hmm. follow the white rabbit. Definitely oh, looks yeah. like that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then poor Kino's there with, like, this bright red jacket with the Pizza Places logo that he works at on and some sweatpants. <laughs> Uh, once again budget (laughs) yeah and then like you know obviously raf is helping him out they and nobody else knows and raf gets caught right and kino goes in and like becomes their inside man to the foot clan because he does the you know raf helps him with the bells and whatever and then uh rap part was cool yeah it was super cool that part is yeah and like I know we've been, I know we've kind of sounded kind of negative on this movie, but like, and for the most part, I, I sort of am in some parts, but like the highs in this movie are really good. Like, like the junk, like the junkyard scene where like Raph gets caught and obviously like Leo, Donnie and, and Mikey get caught in the, and they're in the net. Right. And Shredder kind of thinks he has them. And then Splinter comes out with his cool bow and arrow and cuts them all down. Uh, and then that's like their first kind of uh, interaction with Toka and Razor. Also, before before that happens, yeah, I know that's so cool. <laughs> before that happens, like when they when they first catch Raph and he comes face to face with Tatsu and he's like bad mouth and Tatsu, and then all of a sudden Shredder <laughs> stands in front of him and sh- like the the puppeteering on Raph's face during that scene, like him going from yeah. tough guy to shocked is, and scared is super well done. I think I saw a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so, it's so funny because they don't say shredder. They say it's the shredder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Always got to put the, the in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I really like, I really like the junkyard scene. Uh, it's a, it's a little too quiet. It's a little, it's a little too raff. And then like that, that was hilarious. Who came up with that one? That was funny. Yeah, and Donatello is like mocking the two guards, like he's walking behind the one, right? And like, he, it's pretty good. Like I said, very comedic in this, yeah, in this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I will say I did love 
the the fact that I there's lighting in this movie compared to the first one. You can see the movie actually, uh, and of course the cinematography looks looks uh, better in this. But I I will say I do love the fact of their lair mm-hmm. with the trains and stuff. Like it yeah. really yeah it is a set, but it's a better looking set lair for for them. It's a great looking oh. set. Like you can't. It's it's like uh you know sometimes you you can tell these definitely look like sets. This definitely looks like an abandoned subway station. You know it's very well done. It's well lit. Like the cobwebs everywhere and like the broken lamps and stuff and just stuff scattered everywhere. Like it's abandoned. It's super cool. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a huge fan of this lair. Um, I mean. The, the first, the first layer, you really didn't. I mean, cause like you said, it was just too dark. You you really couldn't see. All you saw was like Danny a hiding chair, in the closet, a pillow, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't, you couldn't really see it that well. But yeah, definitely, I I, I love the set on this one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super cool, and uh, you know, it's it's. I, I like the idea of them like living in this in this subway station and them kind of having their own cars where they can kind of like it's their their space to get away you know like uh to meditate yeah. or train or obviously science experiments with Donatello and stuff but yeah mm-hmm. uh, so uh let's let's talk about Toka and Razor for a little bit they. I know we kind of t- hit on them a little bit, you know, they're infants and we made fun of how dumb they are, but do we like Toka and Razor? I kind of go back and forth a little bit on Toka and Razor. You know, I I like them. I I I I don't have a problem with them. I I like the fact that they are you know, just because they've been mutated, they're not, you know, educated or like they they know everything. Because that's what I think Shredder's idea was that when they get mutated, of course he's going to be able to co- think that he could control them, but he really can't and stuff. Uh, and he really thought that they, that was going to give a run for the Turtles. But for them, I, I expected this. Uh, I didn't realize that they were going to be in TMNT uh, Turtles in Time mm-hmm. and stuff in the video game. So, but like throughout the movie, I like the fact that they are these grown mutated babies, and they they see Shredder and they're thinking that's the they're they're the mom. It was weird to actually hear them speak mm-hmm. and be like, "Mama, yeah. Mama," you know, that, like <laughs> like when did y'all when did y'all get language and everything? It it, it, it was just. You know, and they weren't bothered. It wasn't a distraction or anything. Um, and it wasn't, you know, too hard for the turtles to defeat them and everything. I kind of like the way that they did beat them in the end of the movie. Um, not to get jump that far yet, but yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed them too. Um, the moment Tolkien and Razor were introduced, they became a popular hit. Um, and I think, yeah, like I think we were like in the fourth season of uh, the '87 cartoons at this point. Um, I'm trying to remember what season. I think it was maybe the sixth or the seventh. Might have been the seventh, 
but they do make an appearance in the 87 cartoons and they're nothing like <laughs> in the movie as a matter of fact um well actually toka kind of is but razor uh is he's highly intelligent in the cartoon and um he speaks very well and he's the leader between the two mm-hmm. and toka is he's he's kind of he's not dim with it or anything like that but he's just more dependent on razor you know razor is like the big brother mm-hmm. and um and then of course you know they they've they've all they made all the games you know turtles and time turtles 3 uh, shredder's revenge and uh but yeah i i i love tolkien razor um I still wonder how they ended up coming up with them instead of Bebop and Rocksteady. Was it because I, the guys weren't involved and maybe... I, I don't know. Do you I, guys know the story behind that? I, I don't know the exact story, but I wonder if it's just because they wanted a line of Turtle uh, movie toys. And they, yeah. there had been so many versions of Bebop and Rocksteady at that uh, point that they wanted something new to sell, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. That, I, I mean, total sense. The, the turtle, I mean, the turtles were all about the merchandise after that, you know, first run of the show, right? Like, it just, yeah. There were hundreds of toys that I, I bet there were probably over a thousand turtle figures. Uh, you know, they ha- like obviously they had that original run of what twelve figures, I think, and then like mm. every character had like a spinoff character. There was like a sports character. There was a a samurai character. There was a space character. There they did the the Universal movie monsters. They did, uh, you know, they, yeah, they did like cowboy characters. You know, they they had so many different versions of these characters. They had the ones that had the action button on the back. They had. Ones that came with little pizza shooters, you know, like they had the ones that transformed, right? Like those ones were oh, just yeah, the coolest the, uh, ones. Uh, Splinter, yeah. Splinter was the was the van, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, so you know, I mean, I, to, for me, this is like, oh, we need more merchandise to sell out of anything. Uh, I'm gonna look it up though. Why did? Secret of the Ooze use Toka. What is it? Toka and Razor? Razor. I, I think it's, it was just to have, once again, original characters in this one. Like Casey Jones, yes, he doesn't make an appearance in this movie. Travesty. Still thought that was weird. Uh, How do you not have Casey Jones? I don't know. Well, I think he had other projects oh. or something like that going on. Yeah. Uh, the entire reason Toka and Razor were created and appeared in Secret of the Ooze was because Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman were not fans of Bebop and Rocksteady in the cartoons. Really? Really? Uh, yeah. Because Bebop and, Ro- Bebop and Rocksteady were products of the cartoon series and not their original comic vision. Interesting, huh? Well, ah. that makes sense because they aren't in the uh, original comics. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, hmm. interesting. So they yeah. decided not to have them I in guess. the movie. Yeah, mm. that I mean that oh. that's that's I mean that that's 
doesn't make that kind of conflicts with the story that they weren't involved at all in the secret of the ooze which is why they didn't like it at all but yeah like uh i don't know interesting well they they probably have approval rights uh to say that you know we we they probably because they probably they have to read the script or something be like okay um if they didn't like this movie i wonder what they thought of turtles in time the movie. <laughs> I have not one idea. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what does everybody what does what does everybody think about the the pre uh, pre game donut? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was wondering. I was just like, oh no, is that a donut with a uh, ice cube in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like it just it doesn't look like anything. It just is like oh, it's like this gray piece of garbage in my donut. Right, and how do they get that big old ice thing into a donut? I was just well, like, hey, oh My thing is, is like that goop looked like icing. Why didn't they just put icing on the donuts? Why did they make it in these chewable cubes that <laughs> are right. very noticeable? But they had to digest it, and then they started burping and everything. And yeah. like, huh? Okay. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. They could have just said it was green icing on the donut. Uh, but it yeah. didn't even. The thing about it, it didn't even look green. It looked clear when you look at it. Yeah, yeah like the little ice cubes there, they were clear. But that green goop that they poured in that Bart Simpson glass. <laughs> That Bart Simpson glass, by the way, in that scene is just that was <laughs> it's so funny because it's just so random. Yeah. Because of the Kawabunga. Oh they yeah. was playing they was playing homage to Bart Simpson saying Kawabunga. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know. I don't I've never watched The Simpsons, so I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and so Token and Razor were kind of unleashed into the city, right, to wreak havoc, but it was literally just a telephone pole and some built scratches on the building, right? They didn't really do anything else. The old couple, yeah. shout out to the old couple in this scene, by the way. But yeah. What do they do? What What do we do if they come over here? Tell them to get their own cab. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about it. Folks was not phased by anything. I know. They're just like, what are these things? They're just, whatever. Okay, we're just going to move about our day. I guess that means, is that like a small jab at everybody's a monster in New York City in the 90s? Like, uh, it's the I, turtles. I, like how, um... I love them dudes. And they just continue to dance in it. And yeah. we, we won't, we'll save that till we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, we're I, almost. I love how the professor, like, Stands up for Toka and Razor when Shredder is getting ready to execute them because he didn't seem he didn't think they were useful. Yeah. And uh, the professor was like, um, "You know, I still protest that you know these are living things." I'm not saying the line correctly, obviously, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that these are living things. You know, you can't just you know. Yeah. I, I I thought that part was cool. You know, that was. Really showed the heart of uh, the professor. Yeah, I like and I like the professor. Shredder. I mean, that was that was big. He's like the only human who would stand up to Shredder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, guts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously we kind of talked about the pregame donut warehouse fight th- scene, but then it kind of leads into the the nightclub scene, which is kind of like the big climax of the movie, right? Where, uh, the I love I love this scene. It's so silly and goofy and good. Like their turtles are dancing with the people in the club. Vanilla Ice is there. Like it's it's just so stupid and silly and just makes no sense in this movie. But it's so much fun. It's it's Vanilla Ice. He sees like, wait, whoa, what what's going on? And then he's just like, hey, I gotta bring a beat. I got a rap for this. Wait, how, how did you get it? Like, and he literally, they had a dance number for this whole thing by watching it. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, it's a cool song. And, you know, the background <laughs> was dancing. But then everybody, they turned around from watching the fight to continue to, like, get their club on yeah. to dance. Yeah. This Come on now. Yeah, and then, they, yes. They were cool with the turtles instead of running in, in terror. Like, you know, Dato's like, a, hey, can I borrow this tie, bro? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. like Ed said, Vanilla Ice is just like, he has this whole rap ready to go. And, like, he's just, like, watching them. And he's, like, <laughs> dancing, like, while they're fighting in the middle of this club. And at the time, Vanilla Ice was one of the biggest rappers at that time because uh-huh. of Ice Ice Baby. So to have them in this movie, you know, like I, like I wouldn't even expect them to have hip hop in the Turtles universe at all, um, because of like the past soundtracks. Uh, you know, they're teenagers and they're in this like club, and you would just think. Like, okay, I'm in the club. I'm thinking of house music. Uh, definitely, uh, I don't think Shoots of Rage 2 was out yet around the time this movie came out. Uh, but you would kind of think that, you know, you would want something danceable. No, it's it's ice. It's vanilla ice. And they're doing, like, he's he's in the middle of a song. He gets out of that song to start doing his his song for uh uh the uh, ninja rap yeah and it's just like oh okay this yeah. is weird and then what club was by a pier this this one this it one did, it did to make it even crazier they turned the vamp volume up one of the turtles string, I think it's Michelangelo or maybe Revio, they string the guitar and blow Shredder yeah, out of the club and you hear, oh, <laughs> down into the, like, this is nonsense. This, like, I mean, this, this scene escalates nonsense. very quickly. Like, it goes, <laughs> it goes from them, like, fighting Toko and Rezar to dancing, to dance fighting to, like, you know, eliminating Toka and Razor with the fi- with the fire extinguisher after they eat the eat these donut cube things, and then, like Ed said, like blow Shredder, like Shredder shows up and they blow him out of the club with this. Like, I mean, he's threatening to like what stab this girl or whatever. Is that? Mm-hmm. I've, I've, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of 
just don't remember the girls, the scene where he has the girl hostage or whatever, but like he is, he has the last kind of bit of the ooze, I guess. And then, uh, he drank the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So he, the, the the real crazy part was like even after blasting Shredder, everybody else is just like they duck their head, like yeah. not hold their ears because of the frequency of the amp. They they duck. Yeah, and then uh, and then the club owners are just terrible. This club owner with the nasty ponytail is just like, oh, uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, and and then like his little like dweeby assistant guy who has like this little teeny tiny ponytail that like why even bother at that point it's like five strands of hair that are about an inch long and you're balding like why are you trying the the 90s ponytail oh man it's so bad Uh, but okay so i i want to talk about super shredder for a little bit because you know, obviously he's super iconic in Turtles in Time, the video game. Like, really a difficult kind of final boss. Can teleport, do all these things. Do we feel like he was wasted in this movie? Yes. I. This is the part, this is my only negative. And it's a small one, but I feel robbed. <laughs> because here you got this super shredder. And there's no fighting. Yeah. There's no fighting at at all. Also, if why does his were... suit mutate? Hmm? <laughs> why does his suit <laughs> mutate? He just has this new suit out of nowhere. <laughs> why is this right? Like why is his blades re- mutated? And yeah, why is Hooker and Razor could say "mama" and they never <laughs> was taught English? That's fair. <laughs> Don't forget, we just blasted Shredder with a with frequency from a string. From a guitar. In fact, where was the guitar at? Because they were on a stage with a DJ. Mm-hmm. With the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think like Super Shredder is like a really cool concept, but like ultimately it reminds me of the Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum, where it's just like really stupid and doesn't <laughs> it doesn't pay off. Like I wish we had. I wish we had more fighting Super Shredder and like I mean I don't mind how it ends really with him kind of sinking into the the water with the pier kind of collapsing on top of him right but like I want a little bit of a fight you know yeah. and and again it's like the turtles really don't beat him it's his quest for revenge <laughs> and his aggressiveness that beats him <laughs> You know, and it's like I, I'm tired of the turtles like not fighting Shredder. <laughs> well, and you know, it's like that okay. between that movie and the 2016 second movie, mm-hmm. that's the one thing they have in common. They don't fight Shredder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least Krang is <laughs> Krang is in 26 16 movie and is really yeah. kind of an interesting concept, which. God, I wish we were getting a third movie for that series because, like, they they left it on a cliffhanger. They did. I mean, they were going to Dimension X. They were taking Shredder with them, right? Like, Bebop and Rocksteady were in there. Like, that was a... 
I like yeah. it. But we'll oh, yeah. talk about it when it comes up. But uh that's that's kind of it with this movie. And then they go back uh and Splinter makes another funny and <laughs> that's you know, well, but we gotta. I know we skipped over, uh, kind of like, you know, Kino's part when he like meets the turtles and stuff. You know, finding out about them in April's apartment and everything, and yeah. him wanted to help, uh, and everything. And yeah. it, you know, I I think Kino definitely plays a bigger part in here. Than what Danny did in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I know Abra plays a bigger part in the first movie, but not so much in this one, mm-hmm. in the second one. Uh, but like Kino, he was a key component of this, of seeing the turtles because like he was able to hold his own. I know he he knew martial arts. The turtles knew that he knew martial arts. Splinter knew that he knew. He learned martial arts and everything. And so when he teamed up with Ralph to infiltrate Shredder's base and everything, like he really felt like he was part of the team. Mm-hmm. And for for the viewer, you would agree that he feels like he's part of the team because he knows what he's doing from what that first cold opening when he was fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that kind of ties into obviously his kind of role at the end too, where, uh, you know, he's kind of learning from Splinter, but he's still like pretty frustrated. Like he kind of almost feels like a toned down Raph in a way, you know, where he's like very kind. He just wants to go help them, right? He's very frustrated. He very he's wants to be active, but uh, Splinter's trying to teach him patience and uh you know, learn who he, you know, the things that Splinter does, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I agree with you though, Ed, like Kino is definitely a very major part of the story and definitely the human conduit in the story uh, that I think makes it feel more relatable. You know, that it's just like the, con- the conduit. Like I, I feel like these movies have always had that person that, humans can attach to right and kino's that person in this right um and then i don't think the third movie really has that which i think maybe is (laughs) there's a lot of things wrong with the third movie but uh i think that's one of the reasons where we didn't really have anybody to attach ourselves to and yeah i mean maybe maybe the girl like the girl that hangs out with them in the in the movie but i don't she i don't know I'll have to rewatch it and see. I just, I just remember the last time I watched that movie, I was like, man, I don't understand why this movie exists at all. <laughs> man, I, I, so I'm looking at part of the movie there. The turtles are in the, um, they're in the laboratory, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the computer with all the numbers, and they got one kind of to act. Yeah, <laughs> who remembers floppy disk? Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I right. Like, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is this is very dated because there's two <laughs> floppy disks and the computer monitor, right? Uh, <laughs> or or the hard drive, I should say." Yeah, man, what a what a time! 
and like that dude that whole scene was very like 90s futuristic scientists right it was just like all these tubes with flashing lights and obviously the walls and everything was white like a clean room and uh very just like ooze is also very 90s it's just like oh my gosh man this this whole scene that whole scene was very 90s oh but, yeah <laughs> now they get into the fight scene where uh <laughs> Yeah. They're playing football and everything. Yeah. And yeah, Leonardo is he's beating people up with kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh so is there any are there any other scenes or any other things we want to talk about before we get into the rankings? Because we're actually gonna get to rank something this time. Uh so I, I just didn't know if anybody wanted anything wanted to say anything else before we moved into the rankings. Um I, I kind of was wondering um, what did you guys think of uh, Shredder coming back in this movie? Um, were you expecting him to come back or do you think that there was going to be like a new threat? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, for me, the, nin- the Ninja Turtles is Shredder's synonymous with the Turtles. I mean, it always has to be I mean, at that time, I always thought he ha- he has to be the villain. I, I don't know anyone else, but at that time, that's why I used to think. Now, if you were to make the same kind of movie, um, I mean, yeah, like the first movie, you know, you could have Shredder, and then the second movie, you could have Krang or his daughter Karai, or you know, you yeah. can you can have other villains in there now. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I think at the time, you know, kind of piggybacking off Lamont, like Shredder and Krang were really the only major villains in Turtles at the time, right? I mean, you had like the Monster of the Week, right? Like the Pizza Aliens or mm-hmm. Rat, Rat King or Leatherface or, you know, someone like that. But like, you know, now now you have like, I mean, you look at TMNT, the animated movie, like Karai was such a big part of that movie. You know, yeah. and uh, I think I think she could be a really interesting kind of foe for the Ninja Turtles as well. I mean, I just think there's so many interesting bigger villains you could do now with Turtles, or even make some of the minor ones bigger, right? Like, I think you could totally make uh, Baxter Stockman a, a, a bigger villain at this point. I think you could totally. Um, do some really interesting things with other characters. So, but at the time, like we didn't really know any better. I I think shredder was just, everybody knew shredder because he's in every episode of the cartoon Mm -hmm. uh, and bebop and rock aren't, they're not big enough villains to be their own villains, right? They need shredder to be the henchmen. Right. And, uh, Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at the time, I think Shredder was easily going to come back. Uh, and then you obviously saw what happened with the third movie, right? Where Shredder wasn't, you know, th- I feel like they had a really hard time penning down a villain for the third movie because they wanted to do time travel, but they already killed off Shredder twice, essentially. Uh, you yeah. can't really bring him back for a third time. But they also turtles in time the game was a huge hit and i think they wanted to capitalize off of that but then then what do you do you know what are you going to make them fight dinosaurs i don't think so so you put them back in 
feudal Japan where, you know, their arts started. And I don't know. The third movie is kind of all over the place. But uh, at the end of the day, I think one of the major problems is you didn't have that villain, right? You had some random English white guy who was trying to take over Japan. Like, that's whatever. So. And I think definitely with this one, Secret of the Ooze, they couldn't say, it feels like they couldn't say mutagen uh, with this. Well, I think uh, at, the, at the time, they really had a hard time getting the, using the word mutant because it's it's Marvel's trademark. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason why they use the word mutant and mutagen, or use the term mutant is because it's used in a string of words. And not yeah. necessarily uh, just a word, because like the word mutant is not allowed to be used by anybody except for Marvel in like movies and stuff because of the X Men. Yeah. Uh, and mutant mutagen is also another term that Marvel owns, I think, and I think that's why they use the word ooze and and stuff so i i don't know i don't really know how all that stuff works i just know that the term mute mutant is a word that a lot of people can't use because of marvel Mm. Hmm. i I didn't know that wow and and ooze is probably more uh clear when it comes to kids coming in to watch this movie Mm -hmm. and everything because like secret of oozes isn't a violent movie it's really a it's really suited for kids as a comedy romp you know and Mm -hmm. i think kids probably felt like yeah it's good but we were expecting you know with the fights for them to use their weapons because that's what we know the ninja turtles for is to use their weapons and mm-hmm. because I think kids didn't recognize all the complaints and stuff that were happening around this around the first movie. You know, kids were just like, you know, we all, we got a second movie. It's the turtles are back. I can't wait to go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it just you know a lot of a lot of the villains for turtles just they always seem like a. <sighs> They always just feel like a monster of the week type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I th- I still think like really the only other kind of major villain outside of Shredder and Krang is Karai. Like I I mean, I guess you could bring the Triceratons in, but like that kind of feels like its own thing and you know, heading into the third movie, like you've already established that these movies are you know, somewhat grounded, you know, and, uh, you know, you're not going to bring Krang and aliens in a, because like the technology is terrible and you don't want some sort of weird starship troopers knockoff really. Oh, the CGI Uh, effort would have been horrendous. Yeah. And you, you already did the, uh, mutant thing with token razor. So you're not going to bring in bebop and rocksteady. I mean, they could have done this. Like I said, they could have done the same thing with Baxter Stockman. But then, at what point are you just kind of rehashing storylines you've already told? So, I don't know. I think I think the animated movie, in in a sense, made the right call in using Karai as like one of the villains in the movie. 
Mm-hmm. I wish she would have been the focal point of that movie, but we'll get again. We'll get there when we get there. Um, but why don't we why don't we rank this movie, guys? Uh, right now, obviously the uh, for <laughs> the first movie is the only thing that we have. Uh, where do you guys think this movie is better or worse than the first movie? I think this is better than the first movie. I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Now I was clearing my throat. Oh, I think this is. I think this is better. This is uh better. I think it's a clearer story. Um, I think there's a lot of laughs and more memorable lines in this movie. Uh, adding Kino to it. Um, you know, Vanilla Ice. Something about this, like, really feel like it's a kid's movie. Um, they, you know, er- there's a lot of improvements to it over the first one. Even though the first one was really independent and they had to do, use what they were allowed to use. Um, you know, this one, when you see Splinter talking and moving and everything, like, that's, you know, you're able to see that. You know, it's just not like a puppet just standing in one place talking and stuff. They just feel like it was more realistic mm-hmm. in a sense, even though this is a fantasy of of a, of a movie and everything. The fight scenes are not as good as the first movie, mm-hmm. but what they had, what with what they had to use to you know, for the turtles to fight these enemies and stuff, was choreographed well and everything. But, you know, overall, I think this one was better than the first one. As as wacky and the same as it is eating pizza and drinking wine, or, you know, the craziness of the club scene and stuff, I, I think this movie was very suitable for kids. And, you know, watching it now, Again and again, I still enjoy it. I I I can't really nitpick or anything, um, and stuff. So I think it's better than the first movie. So I would say this was one, uh, and this in the first movies too. What about you, Lamont? Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever considered the second one better than the first. Um. Well, I guess I I kind of do, but I I guess I just kind of put them two in their separate equal, you know, ratings. Um, no, not really better than the first. Um, the first one, of course, you know, I've I've always I always found myself just amazed, you no know, entertained, um, touched. You know, you know, with the drama and the action and everything, you know, some laughter's in there. The second one was definitely just more laughing than anything else. Um, like I said, though, man, if they could just pull off the fight with Super Shredder, that would have been epic. But no, I don't know. Um, I but I, but yeah, I just I I still love them. You know, they're. <laughs> I, I feel like you think They're the first awesome. one is. I think you think the first one, the original one, is better than the second one because the first one has heart to it. With the first one and the second one, 
feels like they had to appease um they had to appease to people like definitely with the moms and, and all of that to make sure that this movie could come out and everything so it, it feels like a very don't want I, it still feels like this is an independent movie uh with a with like I said with a bigger budget, but they did this movie and took out a lot of stuff just to appease people so people could come see it. Where the original one just feels like, yeah, this is independent, but it's it was it was creative with what they had to use mm-hmm. in order to get this movie done. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah. well you gotta pick you gotta pick one. You gotta pick one <laughs> I mean, I, I probably, oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, don't break my heart. All right, I'll, I'll go with. I'll go with better. I'll go with better. This one's better than one. <laughs> you know what? I I will say. Sorry. I, will, I, oh, I no. will say this. No, I I will say this. I I I feel like this movie professionally uh, and cinematography looks better than the first one, but in reality, I think the first one is better than this. Because of what I just said, that you know, the first one has heart and it's original. The second one is just a piece into it. I think it's just like looking at the production of the second one is better than the first. So that's what I was coming from from every point. But if oh, I go back, if I go back and look at it, I'm going to watch the first one and I'm going to laugh and enjoy myself. I will do it for the second one. But like the first one, I'm like, I need to watch just this, this first one with friends and have a great time with them. So I, I, I would change my answer. And if you guys are fine with it, I will put the first one as number one, the second one at, uh, underneath it. And that's where I'm at with that. Great. You guys are now both my best friends. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so now that we've ranked the movie... Where do we rank the theme song? The theme song is number one. Ninja Rap, I'm sorry, it's number one. It's catchy. It's memorable. Whenever you think of Vanilla Ice now, that's fine. During that time, you cannot... you When you see the cover of Secret of the Ooze, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I, I remember reading about... Um, uh, the production of the movie and (laughs) they were people were getting frustrated because well you know vanilla ice is there and you can't really concentrate and (laughs) do the filming because everyone is just standing there watching them you know yeah he was he was a distraction he was a big deal back then he was all right well Here's our official rankings through the first two movies, everybody. Uh, number two, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze. And number one, still, the original, sitting at number one through two weeks. Theme song ranking, uh, Turtle Power is number two. And the Ninja Rap, Go Ninja Go, is sitting at number one. I think it's going to be really hard to beat. I'm going to be honest with you. Ninja. I I yeah. I can honestly say I I don't know the rest of this movie music at all. I don't I don't think the third movie has a theme song to be honest. I, Except, unless you want to count the the song where they're going like this no. at the beginning. <laughs> I, I hate that scene. 
I mean, I know, I know the director was a huge fan of The Breakfast Club, but jeez, that scene's so I bad. feel like if I watch the third movie again, I need to drink. Uh, well, that's that's what we're doing next, Ed. So, uh, chop chop. <laughs> well, let me go get some wine and some pizza and watch that movie. Oh God! All right, we're getting out of here. Uh, Ed Lamont, thank you again so much for your time this evening. It's been a really fun conversation talking about these movies so far and uh i'm excited oh i'm i'm excited to kind of see what's going on with the next couple movies here so uh everybody thank you so much for watching and or listening to this episode of standard definition you can follow us on twitter at standard def pod you can uh contribute to the show if you want to tweet at us your questions about the top the topic at hand that'd be also super helpful um Ed, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at that Bretrico and on Instagram. Uh, and check out Nintendo Pop Block on uh, Mondays on our Switch and YouTube channel, Boss Rush. And uh, check out the show on Wednesdays in your podcast apps for the recorded episode. Uh, yeah. And my writing is at bossrush.net, of course. <laughs> Lamont? Yes, yes, and you can catch me with the Boss Boss Watch Network uh, Discord. I am TMNT Dork eighty two. Um, you can also uh, check out my articles. Um, L Reed, uh, they're all, they're daily, and uh, also the Facebook. Uh, sorry, the Boss Watch Facebook group. You can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Boss Rush podcast, uh, Nintendo Power Block, and various other things here on the Boss Rush Network. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah! Go, go, go! Look at these turtles! I love these dudes! <laughs> <laughs>